to yet another edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer, host of this program. Diane Xavier is running the board. I love doing these because I like stories. I like getting to know people and learning about their uh, their history, what their talents are. And uh, it's kind of interesting because the gentleman that I'm going to be interviewing for the next 25 minutes or so has a talent that I don't have. I don't have any bit of it. Uh, he's one of our new sponsors. Perhaps you've heard the spots that have been running on the station for, uh, gosh, at least a couple of months now, uh, for promultis.com. And uh, this is a company that helps with tech support. And a uh, longtime listener and supporter, Charles Gura, is the uh, the owner of Promultis. And it's a, it's a new project that he's doing. Uh, he is and his wife, Anne, uh, worship at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Carrollton. They've got four children and four grandchildren, and uh, he joins us in studio. How are you doing, Charles? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. All right. So this, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your background. Cradle Catholic. Yes. Four kids, four grandkids. Yes. Uh, you're pretty active over there at St. Catherine of Siena, aren't you? Yes. Um, so several years ago when uh, Bishop Van yeah. was the bishop here at uh, St. with the Diocese of Fort Worth, I should say, um, our my pastor at the time, Father Matthew, and I cannot pronounce his last name. He's uh, since uh, long Indian name, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, approached me and asked if I would uh, become an acolyte to help with uh, purifying the vessels and things like that, helping at the altar. And uh, and so I said uh, I prayed about it and I told him I would. And so then I, that's how I got involved at serving much more involved and helped out with many of the services at St. Catherine's. Yeah, and I got to tell the story about the time that I called you. I was down in Austin. We were doing the car raffle. Oh yes, and uh, my <clears throat> uh, the, the 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 gentleman who was going to speak at that parish that that evening in like two hours, his wife had uh, some kind of medical emergency, and so I called you and I said, "Is there any chance you can go and give a talk?" and you were going to go to another parish that that night, and you said, "Sure, I'll talk to my wife." And so, thank thank you for what you do. You've oh, been a, sure. you've been a great blessing to the uh, to the station for for many many years. <clears throat> so, uh, you're you're a tech guy, right? What's your kind of you know career background? Where, so, where have you worked in the past? I have been in the tech industry my whole career of probably almost thirty years, and twenty twenty five mm-hmm. of that has been in network monitoring net, network monitoring and management. And uh, monitoring large corporate networks mm-hmm. and um, glo- o- global networks. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the things I decided to do was I just I just want to help people. There was a time I had gotten laid off, and it was took me six months to to find something to do. And so, over those six months, I just started helping people. Yeah. I just started helping. Um, and one of the things I noticed was that these small companies. One, two person mom and pop places don't, they can't afford to have a full time IT person. Yeah, right. And right. so I wanted to be the, the place where people could come to and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I may not know exactly how to do that particular technology because there's just so many facets. There's security, there's networks, there's um, operating systems, um, routers, switches, all kinds of things. So I don't have a, a, a I don't know everything about everything, but I know a little bit about everything, and I know enough to mm-hmm. know who to contact. <clears throat> yeah. So I wanted to be a person that people could come to, to to trust and know that, okay, I know that if I need any technology questions, I can just ask him. 
Yeah, and computers uh, have become pretty much uh, indispensable for most people's lives at work, at home. And I mean, we're we're pretty much connected to a computer pretty much all day. So it's something that's very necessary. Did you know from uh, an early age that you just had a knack for this? Uh, I tend to think this is more nature than nurture. Like you, you, it's it's some people just have this knack. Their, yes. their brain is their brain is kind of wired that way. To, so. To, my mom would tell you I broke a lot of things growing up mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I wanted to see how they worked, so I would take them apart yeah. and put them back together. Sometimes they worked when I put them back together, sometimes <laughs> they didn't. But, uh, but I, I, I had written my first program when I was 13. Yeah. Um, so, th- yes, I've spent a lot of time in tech. Uh, I, at first, I thought I was going to go into accounting because I had some accounting courses in high school. Um, I, I had taken a typing class in high school. Right? Who knew that yeah. you would, it would be so important? I, I have people that I've worked with that still use one finger yeah. from each hand and to pack. type, and uh, it just amazes me. And uh, so that was a that was another blessing there. But from a from an IT standpoint, I, I I didn't realize until later in college that God gave me a gift for that, and so that's where I yeah started doing it. And now you've started ProMultis, uh, yes. the, the website pro-multis.com, M-U-L-T-I-S. A lot of people say, I, I know that sounds Latin, but what does it mean? Uh, tell us the, the, the background of that name. So the, the how, how I got that name is my wife and I, uh, about four years ago, we were trying to figure out a name for, for the company. And we were praying about it. And I wanted to do something in Latin. I wanted to... Uh, have it something related to the mass in some way. And as, as I'm looking, I'm looking through, and I look through the Latin text, and I look through the Latin text of uh, the Eucharist, and we come across the liturgy of the Eucharist, and in there it has pro multis, which means for many. Mm-hmm. And it's at the, it's at the second part uh, during the consecration of the, of the wine when it says... Uh, I pulled it up here. Let me, <laughs> let me look at it. It's my uh, phone locked. Yeah, while, while you're doing that, I'll just remind everybody, I'm talking to Charles Gura. He is uh, he and his wife, Anne, uh, are a worship at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Carrollton, and his uh, company is called ProMultis, uh, pro-multis.com. Uh, and he says, says on their website, at ProMultis, we use our talents to manage your computing resources so you can use your talents to manage your business for the many. Okay, did you find yes. that? Yeah, it says, uh, so it says, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. And that just stood out to us, the for many. And so I said, you you know that's why that's that's the perfect name for the company is yeah, Maltese. Yeah. So it is for for the many because everybody needs computer help at some point and so it has oh, that yes. that that meaning as well. So what's a uh typical kind of call that you get uh I mean you, you know okay, are you you're doing small businesses individuals somebody's yes. just home and they 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 just can't get their computer to function or they got a virus in it or or what what, right. what, what so what most kind of people stuff? They'll call and they'll. My computer's just running so slow. Yeah, and and that happens over time. It got run slow. Um, it's either not kept up to date with the latest software updates, or um, the the technology just gets older. And so, uh, like uh, there was there was a couple people that called, a couple parishioners called and asked for help with their computers, and we were more than happy to come out and help them out and gave them options, mm-hmm. not just. 
um, <clears throat> here, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Gave them options and said, you know, if you just change out your hard drive and upgrade your RAM, you can have it last a f- couple more years. Yeah. Or go. Let's let's look at what would be a better computer for you. So that instead of investing, making that investment in upgrading, you can make that towards a new computer rather yeah. than because, yeah, depending on what type of computer it is, depends on what the costs are. Mm-hmm. And we try to we try to make it very reasonable. Um, we don't like to um, I, we don't want to try to gouge. I, I what it really came down to is I just like helping people, and I, I like to try to help them if I could do it and not get paid that mm-hmm. would be fine with me too because yeah. I know I'm helping people Yeah, but I just want to make a modest income for my family to be able to provide for them and that's it and so if I can help you and get you on your way to um, securing your computer making it better uh, and making sure that um, you can do what you do as your talent as your God given talent to help others as well Yeah, then great because that's what we're there, yeah. here to do is to help others, to help each other. I love that because most people just want to do their job and they don't want to have to think about the computer. You know, we've got a great engineer here at Ken Loney. Right. And I know I have the peace of mind that if anything happens to my computer, he's got it. You know, and yeah. I don't have to be trying to do YouTube videos to figure out how to, you know, fix exactly. my computer. You just want somebody to be able to come in and that's where you come in. Which reminds me, I, I think in perhaps you've already got some of these clients or you've thought of this, is that a possible Apostolates need a guy like you. You know, a apostolate that might have you know ten employees. They don't oh, sure. have they don't have a, an IT guy on staff, but they can always call you know Paul Motis and have you come oh, over. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that that would be a, a, a if anybody's listening right now and involved in apostolate. Well, you know, hire you to to kind of take care of all the tech, technological sure. needs, right? Sure. So the so one of the things too that I was gonna I, I meant to mention about the Eucharist is how. How much I love the Eucharist. I even, I mean, this morning mm-hmm. you talked and said, "Hey, are we going to be? Are you going to be here today?" And I said, "Yes, yes, I'll be there." But I'm in, I'm in mass right now. Thanks for making me feel guilty, by the way. Yeah, it was a text. Uh, I but, should have said, "Don't text during mass." <laughs> but it was right at the beginning. But one of the things that, uh, as I was reflecting when you texted me that, it was that how much I love receiving the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and every time I receive the Eucharist. It's it's one of the most uh, beautiful things that I that I get to do. But then, when I when I when I ponder it longer, it's also rather sad because it's one less time that I have the opportunity to receive our Lord before I pass. Yeah, yeah. And so every day that I miss, it's one less opportunity that I have to be able mm-hmm. to receive our Lord. Yeah. And so that's that's something that's just been so important for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could you, uh, do you do work on phones? Like if somebody's iPhone goes down, is that part of technology am, or is it, it just is, computers? It is. I, I, I do help with uh, phones a little bit. Yeah. But I have to see it because I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. So um, uh, it's, it's not as easy for me to do the phone parts of it, but right. I could find someone and recommend someone for you. Yeah. So, but that's that's the thing. It's like I may or may not know how to do it, but I'll find someone for you so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh geographically, will you go anywhere? Uh yeah, you know, in North Texas, uh somebody's in Oklahoma or, you know. Right. So one of my partners is in Richardson. Yeah. And I'm up in the in the Grandscape, the Colony area. Okay. And so, but we will travel where we need to. Um but but yes, for the most part in the North Texas area, and um, if if we go beyond. But one of the nice things that we have is 
with some of the technology that we have is we can help people remotely as well. If, mm-hmm. they, if we can do what they need to remotely, whether it be setting up a printer or routers or Wi-Fi. Well, you know, you can do like that, that from your office, setting something up uh, just remotely? Like uh, you don't even have to be there or what? On some, some things. Yeah. It just depends. Some things, if you have to be, you might have to be there. So some people are, my Wi-Fi signal is not very good. Um, you know, how can you help me? Just the other day, I was at someone's home, and I think we moved their Wi-Fi router a foot. Yeah. And then suddenly they had a better signal where they yeah. needed to have that signal. Yeah. What about, uh, you mentioned how you would do this for nothing if you could. Uh, what is the pay structure? Does it, is it possible to kind of put you on retainer and pay like a, a monthly charge and always have you available? Or is this kind of a one-off type of thing or just pay as you go? Or, or how, how, what's the, what, what, what can people expect as far as payments? So from, from payment standpoint, we do accept, um, we do have a way that we can set up like a monthly retainer yeah. where you would um, have a set bucket of hours at a discounted rate. And then, but we also have it to where you can just call one off type yeah. stuff. And then it, it'll, that would be at a different rate, but um, it would be, it would still be something that's more reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's not like going to some of the, big boxing <clears throat> type places. I think about like the Geek Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it yeah, for you myself. Know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, guys like you, sometimes you're like, that. that's a badge of honor. Like I'm a geek. You know, I always thought right. that was kind of interesting how they, they did that from uh, Best Buy or whatever that group that group was. Parishes. I bet yes. a parish, uh, does a parish typically have an IT guy or would they need somebody like you? Um, some of the larger parishes will have, will have a hired IT person. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they don't. And and even though they might be a large parish, they just don't have enough um, technology needs from day to day that they need a full time IT person. Uh, I helped uh, I helped our parish with their live streaming capabilities, mm-hmm. and I'm. St- that's still an ongoing process that we're working with them on. Yeah, yeah. So much potential out there. Charles Gura is my guest. Uh, he is the owner of Promotis. Uh, for the many, it's a, it's a Latin expression, which he already explained kind of the, the genesis of that and why the company is called that. Pro-Multis.com. He's a sponsor here on KTH 910 AM. So we always say, please, please, please uh, support our sponsors because they're supporting us. On your website, it says uh, you have developed bundle solutions for IT support program. What are bundle solutions? So those would be like a bundled solution where we would install... It would be uh, antivirus software as well as making sure your computers are updated and there's web protection on it and that there's a monthly fee associated with that. And I don't know what those mm-hmm. numbers are off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. But uh, the, but uh, contact us and we can uh, come out and meet with you and uh, provide a quote for you. So uh, the other day I was thinking about getting another laptop for our family because uh, we, you know, my daughter needs one for school, sure. and I, I always go to you know Kent and just say, hey, what, what do you recommend I buy? Because I don't know what you know gigabytes and RAM and all that kind of stuff is. Right. Do you, can somebody just call you for something like that? Just say, oh, hey, I need some advice. Sure, uh, yeah, you know? just call for. I mean, I'm, advice is free. <laughs> but yes, that's what I do, and and what I try to tell people is if it's if. If all you're doing is emails and word and documentation and things like that, yeah. 
it re- really any kind of computer would work. Whatever one, whatever one that you feel most comfortable with is probably the best one for you. Yeah, I you know as so I'm thinking about this, uh, I, I see your industry similar to like uh, car repair industry in the sense that a lot of people feel very intimidated because they don't know anything about cars. You right. know, and so you go in. And you want somebody you trust because you feel like they can really, really jack me around because I don't know what I'm talking about. And they can say I need a new carburetor or a new this or that or air filter. And I'll just have to say, okay, because I I, I can't, you know. And and so all the more reason in an industry like this is to hire somebody you trust, somebody with the same moral, you know, and and, and I I think that's important. Oh, yes. I had had, uh, something like that a couple of years ago where someone was working on building a podcast studio. And I, I came in to help advise with it, and they had rec- they had built out a great studio, but the computer they were using was just a simple laptop. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's not going to be able to live stream the way you need to be able to live stream. They had DSLR cameras and all this stuff. And I said, you need to get a bird, you need to get a desktop style computer, more, much more power. So they went out and went to uh, Best Buy, picked something up, and brought it back. And hooked it up, and I was like, "That's not. You should have taken me with you." And mm-hmm. and I said, "That's not right that they did that." I said, so I went back with them to Best Buy and exchanged it for the proper computer that they should have gotten because mm-hmm. the person that was there advised them incorrectly because they didn't know exactly what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah it's funny you say that because uh, Babylon B had a little uh, that that Christian satire company. They they had some picture of some guy who was the last guy in the world that didn't have a YouTube channel or a podcast. <laughs> and it's because it's so popular. I mean, I have a YouTube channel, so I'm not poking fun at anybody, but it's so common, and er- you know, everybody has some message, and they yes. want to show cooking or they want to you know home design or something. Uh, and, and so I think this is a real another good avenue for you because people want to do it but they don't know how they don't know the technology how to set it up so you can set up a studio or uh for podcasting well i've had i i've been kind of on the backside of things but yes i've helped out with some of that type of stuff all right uh charles gura the the website is pro multis.com p-r-o-m-u-l-t-i-s.com tell us about the website it's it's a very attractive website i visited it this morning when people go there uh, what's on there and what can they do on the site? So you can go there and you can see some of the information that we do. I'm getting ready to do a update and it's going to be look completely different. But um, it ta- talks about some of the uh, technologies that we do, some of the bundles that we can do together. We can provide them, people with uh, Microsoft 365, if they want that for their company. Uh, we can um, help them with um, other technologies as well, whether it's uh, f- cybersecurity, um, password management, even education for their companies, educating people on what type of messages to look for when they receive it in their email that are phishing or scams, things like mm-hmm. that. So uh, that you know that's a big thing. So right now, cybersecurity is a huge thing. Um, just remember that. You, um, any, I tell everyone, anything outside your home or outside your business is a war zone on the internet, mm-hmm. yeah. and people are hacking everywhere and yeah. trying to trying to get trying to get your information. I'm sure you've gotten a few phone calls from people asking, hey, you know, yeah, with your yeah. credit card I, I or whatever. I always think, like, who falls for this? But, uh, but there yeah, are but people. people that do yes, fall for it. Especially the elderly. And that's what, that's what uh, makes me the most angry is people taking advantage of other people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not just um, the people that are calling you because they're being taken advantage of 
because usually it's from third world type countries. Yeah. So they're being taken advantage of as well. So it's 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 a really uh, bad uh, problem that we also, have. Oh yeah, through email as well. I get these uh, I get oh, these yes. emails uh, a couple times a year from my pastor, you know, asking <laughs> me to get some gift cards. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's just so ridiculous. Yes, and yes. I, I normally you know jack with them and write back and say, "Oh hey, Father, <laughs> how you doing? Good to see you." You know, yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. It's it is typically overseas, and they're they're, they're just trying to, to to rip you off. And so you you compare it to an insurance policy, you know. Oh yes, yeah. You, it's a, you want to you want to you know protect your your assets right, right? so so that, I mean that's what that's kind of what we do especially for small companies when you do um, when you buy car insurance is to protect in case you get in an accident when you buy homeowners insurance protect if something happens there when you buy uh, antivirus or uh, make sure your computers are updated with the latest software so that there's the vulnerability is not there anymore that's and you and you do a monthly fee associated with that. That's kind of like having in that insurance to make sure that you're secure with your business. Because how much time would you would you lose if something happened with your computer? Yeah, yeah. How much? I mean, how much of your time from your business, and then calculate what your what your rate is. Yeah, and yeah. how much money you lose because you can't do your work. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to make sure you can continually do your work, whether it's in backup, and that's what the insurance thing is: is making sure you have a backup. Yeah. And so if you do get hacked or you do get compromised. We know where that backup was. Yeah, I, I keep thinking of all these analogies, and I think about like uh, having a pool in your backyard. You don't know anything about the pool, but you got the pool guy that comes once a week, and he, he keeps it clean. And all you, your your job is to enjoy it. Exactly, your, your job is to swim and have parties and have fun, and uh, let somebody else take care of the work that you don't really want to do, and you probably don't know how to do it anyways. Right. right? And so with computers, we all have them, we need them, uh, but most of us don't have any idea how to how to keep track of them. So Charles, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate being a sponsor of the station and. And um, again, do would, do you want to give out the phone number or oh, yeah, just sure. tell people how the they can number. get a hold of you if they yeah, want? Yeah, so you can uh, you can go to our website, which is promultis.com, which is p r o dash m u l t i s dot com, or you can call our phone number, which is two one four seven zero two six nine nine six, and you'll get an automated call, and that'll be my wife that answers the phone. And we we do our hours, which are seven to five thirty Monday through Friday. If you if you get if you call after hours, you'll still get the the voicemail, but please leave a message and we will call you as soon as we can. And then you can also email us at help h e l p at p r o dash m u l t i s dot com. All right, and that'll help as well. All right, help at pro-multis.com, 214-702-6996. Appreciate uh, everybody... Uh, calling him and uh, just you know checking to see if maybe maybe he he can be of help to you and uh, you know like I say support the the sponsors like uh, Pro Multi. So Charles, uh, congratulations on the growing family and oh, all these you. grandkids that are coming along, and I'm sure there's more to come as well. So uh, thank you for uh, being here at the studio, uh, and uh, thanks to Diane. This has been the interview of the week here on KTH nine ten a.m. here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. Hey men, listen up. Tired of the pain yet? 
Sick of hiding the anger, guilt, and shame? I don't care whose idea it was. Losing a child to abortion hurts, but it won't go away by itself. The loss is real, and so is the pain. Call me now at 469-720-CARE. We'll talk, and no one needs to know. I understand your pain because it was mine once. Call Project Joseph, 469-720-2273 now. All of us here at KTH 910 AM thank Sue Locks with EXP Realty for her support as a sponsor of the upcoming Summer Speaker Series event on July 21st at the Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas. The guest speaker that evening will be Bishop Joseph Strickland from the Diocese of Tyler, who will speak on Engaging in Battle, Empowering the Laity in 2022. For more information about Sue Locks with EXP Realty, you can visit CatholicRealtorDFW.com. That's CatholicRealtorDFW.com. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is running our board. And you may remember recently uh, there was an event. It was actually a, a parish mission uh, during Lent, uh, over at St. Anne's and Capel. And I, there was a lot of buzz. I got a lot of emails, a lot of people contacting me and asking us to promote it. And we did. And the speaker was Father John Anthony Boughton. Uh, he is a CFR, a Franciscan Friar of the Renewal, a native of Dallas, currently serves as general vicar of the CFRs. And I was able to watch the talks, the recording of them. I wasn't there personally, but I was so, uh, so impressed with it and so blessed by it that I asked Father to do an interview uh, to go over, in particular, one of the talks that he gave. So this is what we're doing. Father, uh, thanks so much for your time today. Well, it's great to be here with you, and, and good to hear your voice again, Dave. It's been a while since i talked to you. Yeah, it has. Uh, you are a native of Dallas, aren't you? What, what area did you grow up in? I went to Highland Park High, graduated in 1983. Oh wow! And I see your your bio is really extensive. Uh, graduate of Virginia Military Institute, uh, commissioned in the U.S. Naval Reserve. Uh, you uh, have lived in Honduras and Nicaragua for uh, a number of years. So it looks like maybe a dozen years or so. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background and especially how it led to uh, formation in in the CFRs? Um. Short story, not make it too long. Um, you know, as you said, I grew up in Dallas, went into the Naval Reserves, didn't do much active duty time, was in the business world, um, and actually had a um, pretty profound conversion to the Catholic faith because I wasn't raised Catholic. I went, I grew up at an incarnation Episcopalian church there on Central um, through uh, good Catholics who knew their faith and uh, through Medjugorje, so I... I uh, call myself a victim of Medjugorje, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I say the tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I spent my first two years as a Catholic there in Medjugorje working with a little organization that was founded by some fellow Dallasites, Jeff Reed and Robert Beetrell, um, called St. David's Relief Foundation. And so we uh, ran, I was a point guy on the ground in, in Bosnia during the war for 93 to 95, where I was my first two years as Catholic because I felt this call to the priesthood, but I didn't know the, you know, being a recent convert, nobody could even touch you canonically for two years. And so I had two years to kind of, I could twiddle my thumbs or do something. And, and I thought it was pretty solid. So I went over there and, and I uh, was under the tutelage of the friars there for a couple of years and ran convoys. And then 
realized it was a legitimate call, and my spiritual director there mentioned the Franciscan Friars of Renewal uh, when I was talking about coming back to the United States to be a friar. And that's how I joined the Friars in uh, 96. Uh, and so the formation was here in New York, mostly and, uh, through ordination in 2005, and it was immediately sent down to Honduras for three years and Nicaragua for nine. So the about half my religious life has been in the missions, uh, just right at half. So 12 years down there. Yeah. I think a lot of people are still familiar with the founders, the CFRs, especially Father Benedict Rochelle, uh, may God rest his soul, and Father Andrew Apostoli, uh, who also mm-hmm. ha- has passed on. Um, what is, for those who are not familiar with the CFRs, can you tell us a little bit about the mission and uh, why that particular order, I guess as a missionary order, that uh, appealed to you? Well, I... Um when in 1996, when I was looking around at uh, you know religious life, uh, I have to say, and it's changed. Uh, I will say right now, it's changed a lot. But when in the United States, if I asked, and I, and I got to say this, I'm gonna probably anger some people, but this was the state of the affairs back then. Okay, mm-hmm. you would say, I, I want to be a Franciscan who's soundly behind the magisterium and who's who's uh, you know, where the community is authentically trying to be Franciscan, meaning working with the poor, trying to do your their best to live in poverty, and, yeah, just to be a friar. Um, it was a pretty short list that came by, back in the United States uh, at that time, and the CFRs and a couple others were the front runners, and uh, one being the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate. And so I... But visiting, I just um, I just realized it was it was a fit. Uh, despite the fact that they only had places in New York at that time, and for a Texas boy, that's like, <laughs> Lord, you're going to send me to Babylon? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, when I when I got to the community uh, and encountered um, the friars, and and I just in my heart I felt this is home, and it, and I I didn't know anything about religious life. Uh, Dave, nothing. So tabula rasa. All I did was pretty much follow what my spiritual director had said. Go back there and check these guys out. And I checked out a few other places, but it was the only one. I think he was being prophetic. It was the one that were it just resonated in my heart. Our job in the church is real simple. We we don't run parishes. We do preach and evangelize in many different ways, and we work with the poor. Uh, so we keep it as simple as possible. But that also allows us to do a lot of different things in the church that, that others can't do. We, we can get into the prisons. Down in Nicaragua, we're a prison ministry. We're a hospital ministry. Uh, we do lots of confessions, help outs at the parishes so parish priests can take a vacation. And, you know, we're able to kind of be Minutemen in the church. Mm-hmm. And I, that appeals to me. Yeah, yeah. And... So let's go. Uh, thank you for that, that information. It's, it's good to know a little bit of your background. And uh, as far as the visit to St. Anne's recently for the Lenten mission, um, you, you started one of your talks by saying that a lot of people stop you in airports and, you know, you're out and about. Of course, you, 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 you dress as a friar and they recognize you as a Catholic priest or a brother. And they say, hey, are we in the end times? And you kind of use that as the launching pad of your talk, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. I'd like to talk uh, uh, more about some of the details of what you said that evening. 
you, you think this is something that's on a lot of people's minds? They're, they're looking at it and saying, wow, something's not wrong, <laughs> right? Are, are we at the end times? Is that front and center in a lot of people's, uh, uh, you know, I guess, fear list right now? I, I, I do. I mean, just existentially, I encounter a lot of people asking those questions. And when I, when I preach around the country and even around the world, and I say, does anybody, does anybody else have that sense? And everybody nods their heads. Do you think the times are crazy? Everybody nods their head. And so, yes, people are wondering what's going on. Where are we in salvation history? What is happening? Uh, obviously, as you know, Dave, we are in the end times. We have been since Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, there is that fact, you know, uh, but at the same time, there are, this is a particular time that's unique, and, and I, uh, I consistently proclaim the fact that I stand on solid ecclesiastical grounds when I look at uh, approved Marian apparitions and what Our Lady has been pointing towards for four centuries. Uh, we seem to be getting the uh, great convergence of of the prophetic word and what's going on in the world around us, and you just have, if nothing else, we need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to what our lady said to do. For if nothing else, yeah. I mean, you, who can who can who can deny with a with a with the uh, and I didn't even mention this apparition because I didn't know about it uh, last week. Uh, but who can deny what we're facing off Russia right now, potentially. Uh, we have a greater potential for a third world world at the moment than I, I can ever remember in my lifetime, even being a, a cold warrior from back in the 80s, you know, in the 90s. So. Yeah, yeah. You asked, uh, I, as I mentioned before, I wasn't there that evening, so I, did, I didn't see the the reaction. But you asked a question of the crowd that evening. You said, "How many of you have heard of the Great Reset or Klaus Schwab?" And it seemed like very few hands went up, which surprised me and almost kind of frightened me because this is something that I think people need to know about. Can you talk yeah. about this uh, plan for the Great Reset, who Klaus Schwab is, and how concerned uh, your average person should be about this th- this effort? Well, I mean, let me couch it. The, I, I, I'm going to say Klaus Schwab and his crew with the World Economic Forum are one of many things that are going on on the planet right now. And I, what I would say is we've got, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six... Uh, uh, powder kegs, all with the fuses lighted. <laughs> it's a question of which one's going to go off first. And it's this is the devil's plan to blow up the world, either economically, make people suffer, blow up the world through nuclear threat, and make people suffer, blow up the world. You know, he's already done a pretty good job of blowing up the morality of the world, which is why we need Our Lady to reset the world and reset the do a global reset. So Klaus Schwab. Is one that one, represents one group of people who do not work for Jesus. They admittedly have uh, seen the recordings of this man and his his number two guy. They admittedly do not believe in God, um, and they want to create a, a, a utopia on Earth uh, using the cloud technology uh, to control everybody. And Klaus Schwab runs World Economic Forum, which you can look it up online. Um, he, he has a book out that he called, you know, about the global reset, how he wants to 
create what would be essentially be a kind of a neo-socialistic, neo-socialism, uh, where a single world government runs everything and everybody, and nobody owns anything except they're, and as he said, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Does that mean you're going to own everything? And I, <laughs> you're going to be happy. And I'm not really going to be so yeah, happy. He'll be very happy. Uh, they'll be very happy. So, but, they, but then they speak openly about how the, with the capacity to control people through the Internet, not just the Internet, but through genetic modification, which the technology is already there. I talk to people who are in genetics. Uh, the technology to to transform our DNA to suppress one aspect of your DNA, your personal DNA or augment it with another thing that called CRISPR technology. It's out there and it can be done. Uh, you can be modified with something as simple as an injection of something into your system that will then modify your DNA and allow you to be controlled. Um, this isn't me just cu- cooking up something. This is, you can track the patents of the, yeah. and the technology that's out there. Uh, so this is one guy, Klaus Schwab, and he has a plan for a global reset, transform the economy, take the United States out of the, the, uh, the, the position that we've been in for decades of being the world superpower to keep kind of peace on the seas and commerce going so that the, there's a one world government. And pe- a lot of people think that's a great idea. And it's, but I will say at the end of the day, it's a satanic idea. And our, our church has consistently talked about how any uh, messianism that's uh, any idea of creating a utopia on the earth without God uh, and putting the government above individuals, it's, it's not of God. And we've, we've got encyclical, encyclical, encyclical after Pope after Pope after Pope talking about how socialism and Catholicism are irreconcilable. And he just represents that. Yeah. And this is where the whole build back better uh, mantra comes from, right? Uh, it's become Joe Biden's uh, slogan. I've heard Justin Trudeau mm-hmm. mention it. And I, I think that comes yeah. from the WEF, which uh, has been parroted exactly. uh, by a, a whole lot of world leaders, <laughs> hasn't it? Exactly. And Justin Trudeau and Macron in France and uh, uh, Angela Merkel, amongst others, the woman in charge of New Zealand, uh, the people in Australia, whoever the ones in charge there, they've all been formed. Uh, they've taken four years courses from the World Economic Forum, and they're parroting the same same party line. Uh, so this is a real thing. Yeah, I wanted to talk. I won't have time to talk about a lot of the particulars because you you touched on a lot. Um, but the uh, the Freemasons that's something that. You know, I've watched documentaries on the Freemasons, both from a Catholic perspective and from their own perspective, trying to get a, a handle on who this group is and what their intentions are. And I, I still, for the life of me, can't quite figure them out. I've had people say, "Oh, they're they're just trying to do good in the world, and they've got hospitals." And you know, uh, but you 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 made a point of how many popes have warned us about Freemasonry. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, why? Perhaps this should be on people's radar of concern. Um, yes, and I'll tell you, I'll give it a caveat. I've, I come from a long line of Masons. Uh, okay. My father was the first one that wasn't a Mason since probably the American Revolution, and uh, if not, yeah, American Revolution is about the earliest anybody got into it here in the United States. And so my family's been in it since then. Uh, and so I, and I know it's a spiritual reality because I won't go into those details, but I, I know from prayer without 
revealing too much detail, in a 30-day retreat, I, I uh, encountered in what I would call prophetic dreams the curses that the Freemasons called down upon themselves and their progeny. And I didn't know what I was seeing, and I took it to my spiritual director, and she said, hey, you know, you, you, what you're seeing is, do you have any Masons in your family? I said, well, yeah, a lot. She said, you're seeing in your mind's eye through God's grace the curses that have been called down. We need to renounce all that stuff. That's the background. Um, and I have done a little deep diving in it. Freemasonry has, it, it is yet another organization or uh, philosophy, really. They say they're going to make men into better men, but and they, the only thing that you have to do is believe in one God. They don't say who that is, and they, they march towards, and they've made it known that they want to, uh, this is old, old information, that, but and this is what the church has written on from Leo Thirteenth on, uh, regarding Freemasonry, looking at what their philosophy is, they want to, again, create some kind of utopia here on Earth that's disassociated with uh, Christianity, that's disassociated with Catholicism, uh, the, with the fullness of the truth, setting up a, a parallel, if you were, for a time, uh, morality, moralities which make up it. Now, will every Freemason say that that's exactly what they're about? No. Uh, many of them, and I know several Freemasons are pretty high level, and they're, you know, even clergy and Protestant denominations. I, I, I don't know how they can do that, but they, they are. Uh, it, it seems irreconcilable to me, but, you know, somehow they make the mental, mental backflip that they can be a Christian and a Mason at the same time. Um, our church is very clear that you can't be. Um, yeah, they do a lot of good stuff, you know. But that I would say, you know, like the Shriner Hospital and the like, that's that's all nice. But it's it's more of a kind of a front, yeah. I would say. And uh, uh, and, and again, not to, not to get on a tangent, but I, but I would say it's one of things like one of many things like communism and socialism and this Klaus Schwab, which is another permutation. They all have the same goal, and though they may not be working together formally. There is, you know, when you mention conspiracy theory, everybody kind of runs, they stick their head in the sand, they say, oh, no, I don't want to be one of those nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but and it's, it cuts out all logical and analytical thought. But there is a conspirator, uh, his name is Satan, and he, you know, and he has a lot of minions that work for him, even if they don't know they're in cahoots together. They are, as, as, uh, as the communists would call uh, called people who were not directly communists, but people who had the same ideologies, fellow travelers along the way. And so there's a lot of fellow travelers along the way between World Economic Forum, the Masons, the Socialists, the Communists. They're exactly got the same goals. Change the morality, uh, undercut the authority of the church and, and Judeo-Christian morality, and build a society that's a utopia without God. That's their goal. Yeah, and when you have a, a, a traveling, you know, uh, preacher like yourself that comes into a parish, uh, and you know, most people are not even aware of all this, uh, kind of makes you look like an outlier. Whereas it sounds like you know, this is something that the the church as a whole should be bringing to people's attention and should be very much out there. And it just isn't the case. And not to point fingers at anybody or the institution as a whole, but uh, it just I, I thought it was refreshing to see it. Uh, spoken uh, by you that evening. So, th- so thank you for that. 
Um, I wanted to close out by talking about another portion of your talk, how you closed it out, because it wasn't all just, oh, the world's horrible. You had a solution. And I got home that evening, the night I watched your uh, presentation, and my wife told me she had prayed two extra rosaries that day, because we, <laughs> we always pray in the evening a rosary as a family, and she said she prayed two extra rosaries, and I said, why'd you do that? And she said, well, watch this talk, and <laughs> ever since then, I, can't, I haven't been perfect, but I'm praying with the rosary a whole lot more. And your explanation of the rosary really made more sense to me than anything I've ever heard, and it's had a great impact on me, so I'd like you to, if you would, share uh, that what you, what you said that night about why we should pray three rosaries instead of one or none, and also the significance of praying the rosary. I thought it was something a perspective I've never heard before. Can can you share that? Sure. For, firstly, understand that it's what Our Lady called us to do in these times, and every one of our apparitions. So it's just being obedient. But then what I what I find is necessary is people need to know why is the rosary so powerful. And that's what we don't usually get. And when you, when you understand a couple of concepts of, of our Catholic faith regarding prayer uh, and who Jesus is and what happens when I put myself in contact with Jesus through the rosary in particular, then you, it, you get the why of, uh, of the rosary, and then you'll want to do more. So first concept that needs to be held in, in, in the mind it's a Jewish concept, and it's what we know from the Mass. When we go to Mass, we are made present to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's like a divine time machine pulling me out of 2022 and taking me back to the day and the place and the moment and time where Jesus is on the cross. And also whatever other celebration, whether it's Easter, the Resurrection, or whether it's Christmas, we're made present to those moments. That's, that's Catholic teaching. The other idea is that when Jesus was walking on the earth 2,000 years ago, he, in his divinity, had every single soul on the planet in mind and heart, as if they were the only person that ever lived. He had every moment of their life in mind and heart at every moment of his human life because he was divine or is divine. And so that means when I pray, and I make myself open to, and I, I punch up, punch up the Zoom meeting with Jesus through the med, trying to meditate on whatever mystery in the Rosary. Then it's like a divine Zoom meeting where I, I'm made present. And he's trying to catch his, my eye across 2,000 years and say, "Hey, John, I got this grace for you today uh, that I won for you here on the cross." Or I got this other grace for you today that I want for you here at my birth in the stable in Bethlehem. I've got this grace for you in this other mystery. And every day that I pray those mysteries, I get different graces because my day is different. My day today is different than yesterday. I've got different needs. And he knows that. And he's aching to give me those things. But it's on me to make the space and time and, and do my lousy best to uh, make access to those graces, to veil myself of those, those graces. So if I get that, that every day Jesus got something new for me so that to, to help me in my day today, boy, I'm going to dial up as quick as I can. And that's why our lady, you know, in some of her apparitions, she doesn't say pray one rosary today. She said pray three. 
Yeah. You know, John Paul II kind of messed things up and added a fourth, but you can use that for your, <laughs> you, if you accustom yourself to three or three a day, then, then when you want to do a novena for something extra, then, then you do four and you'll find how easy it is. There's so much time in the day that we swat flies with our minds and we just are thinking of nothing and we could do our lousy best trying to do one decade of the rosary, which is two minutes here or two minutes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I th- the difference it made for me is that I've always thought of myself at best as a spectator. You know, if I'm uh, doing the uh, agony in the garden, I'm kind of like the guy in the crowd, you know, just kind of watching it happen. Uh, whereas well, from your from what you said, it's like Jesus is is glancing. It's it's a communication. He's 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 looking back at me personally, and uh, that that made a a world of difference than just being a spectator saying, "Oh wow, look at that! I'm I, I see Jesus over there agonizing in the garden." <laughs> you know, uh, and so uh, I, I really appreciate it. it. It really, like I said, impacted me more uh, than any anything I've ever heard about the Rosary before. And so that that, that that's a great blessing. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.